0: What's going on everybody? Dr. Howie Wowie here and welcome to the Heal 408 podcast where we're connecting health and healing providers and professionals in the 408 area to more of itself and I am so excited for my first guest today. He's a dear good friend of mine and also my mentor Dr. Lance Von Stade. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks for being here. First off, Dr. Lance, really appreciate your adaptations for our call today. I mean, we've switched locations like three
1: times. <laughs> <laughs> Stoked.
0: Um, but glad, we have, glad to have you on. Glad to have all the technical difficulties and all that stuff figured out. So really appreciate that. Uh, really, really appreciate you doing that and t- donating your time here with me today. It's to be here. Cool, man. So,
1: you know, let's kick
0: things off here. In 30 seconds or less, how would you describe yourself?
1: Uh, 30 seconds or less, ready, set, go. Uh, I am a father, a husband, a chiropractor, and then me, my fourth bucket, the person itself behind all those. Um, I am an adaptive enthusiast of adventure risk-taking. Uh, I'm a gentle contrarian finding how to connect with people while also challenging them in a gentle enough way that's 10% outside their comfort zone that makes them think differently without making them think they want me to go away. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to find ways to connect and contribute to people's lives. And through that, I fulfill my own purpose and get to show up in my first three buckets as a parent, a partner, and a professional.
0: Thirty six Sorry. No, that's perfect. Right, right on cue, right on cue. <laughs>
1: um, with those four items
0: that you shared with us, father, husband, chiropractor, um, and one more.
1: Person. But I missed
0: one. Person. Um, yeah. Is that in any particular hierarchy or ranking at all? Or are they all kind of all totally. balanced?
1: Yeah. Uh, for those listening, you won't be able to see. And so I'll try to explain this with words. Um, imagine four buckets And uh, say you have one amount of water you get to pour into four different buckets. And if you have 100 fluid ounces to be able to distribute, if you did it evenly, each bucket would only be full 25 ounces if it was evenly distributed. So if I give myself 25 ounces and my kids 25 ounces and Monica, my wife, 25 ounces and all my practice members and patients and staff and team 25 ounces... Everyone's only going to feel like I'm giving them a quarter of the energy that I have to give. So what I like to do is actually stack my buckets inside of one another so that when I pour into one, I'm actually filling up multiple buckets. Like I said, when I give to myself, I have integrated my life and my work to where when I pour into my work, I feel like I'm filling my own cup. I just got to go teach in Florida and I spent the whole weekend practically giving hugs to people I feel like I've known for a decade. We're all doing work that feels like it makes the world a better place. And the better I get at that work, the better I feel like I am serving my kids and Monica uh, and my clients. Because the work is about self-connection and health and healing. And uh, that four. by giving to one weekend, I've given to all four buckets. So I, I picture like I have taken those buckets, stacked one inside the other, So then I try to organize my life to where I'm stacking my resources. Where do I put my time, my energy, my money, my focus? These are the ounces in my bucket that I have to give. And how do I plan work trips where I get to bring my family with me? I spend some of the time working in order to gain some money, connect with my purpose and contribute to the world. And then also in that trip, spend time with my kids and my wife, see a new place, have a new experience, make memories. And my kids get to watch how I show up in stressful situations and do work that matters with people that I care about. So hopefully someday if they choose to emulate me, they're emulating a good balanced life.
0: Mm, Wow. I, I really love that perspective on the way you live your life. Essentially by pouring into one bucket, that bucket will also intertwine with the other buckets and that's mm-hmm. how you can essentially show up and contribute to all those other avenues. Oh so, wow.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I'll I'll share this as a metaphor of like, you know, my profession is like a shot glass. It's like the smallest of the buckets because it really is the <laughs> thing that matters the least in, in relative to the rest, you know. Um my kids are the biggest bucket. Uh, that is because right now they are so reliant on me. I think that may change as they grow and mature and become more independent then perhaps I am the biggest bucket. Um, but I still think right now I'd probably push them out of the way of the bus and take one for the team. <laughs> so to me, I think to say that they're, they're any uh, smaller than my bucket is silly. So the, my work is the the shot glass that fits inside of like a rocks glass. My rocks glass would probably be me, the person. Uh, and then Monica, my my love, she would be a, sm- a slightly s- larger glass uh, that both of those first cups fit into. And then my kids are like the big bowl and all of that fits inside of their bowl so that if I'm pouring into my professional life, it anything I give more to that ends up overflowing into me and my personal development. Anything that I personally develop further is in alignment with how I want to show up as a husband about needs-based communication, empathy, compassion, um, advocacy, agency. And then if I overflow into that bucket of Monica, it overflows into our kids. And, you know, it, even if we give too much to one another, the, the side effect of that is we become closer uh, and our kids get to see what a close relationship looks like, but they get to watch all of it because we've aligned them to witness it.
0: It's a very uh, effective and efficient way of contributing to those buckets and the lives that you touched. I um, want to hone in on that third bucket you mentioned, which is chiropractic. Um, what is your definition of health?
1: The simple definition for me is presence. And the reason I say that is if you think about how your body speaks to you when you are not healthy, uh, it is intentionally giving you a symptom that pulls you away from the present. The purpose of a symptom, whether it's pain in your knee or it is uh, inflammation or an itch of a rash, uh, it is communicating a chemical reaction to your brain, telling your conscious mind, pay attention to this area something needs to change and the the louder these symptoms become the more the volume raises trying to pull you in that direction to tell you with more enthusiasm and more intensity and alertness change now this has to change if we ignore that over time we become more desensitized to the messages we get more and more sick we get further and further away from presence but if we listen to the symptom and we make the adaptation and the change The symptom diminishes, and that helps us return back to the present moment. We can do this artificially, like by taking a pain medicine. That, to me, is not actually listening to the voice of the body, which symptoms are part of that voice. Um, But that's just putting an earmuffs over that and, and ignoring that message, which then trends toward disease and sickness and more symptoms in the future. But if we can listen to the voice, we can change the ways that we eat and move and think and recuperate choosing the people that we spend time with that help us feel present rather than triggered and angry and depressed or, sh- or uh, shamed. Um, using those inner voices of the body and choosing to live in alignment with what it's trying to communicate to us takes us back toward the present moment and back toward health.
0: Mm, there you talk about listening to your body and the symptoms that it's arising and also making adaptations for that. So what specifically are like The steps that one would take to get into the path of healing and ultimately being healthy, ultimately equaling presence. Like, what are those specific steps you said? I know you mentioned a little bit listening to the symptoms, making adaptations, but just kind of diving in a little bit deeper on those aspects.
1: Yeah, for me, I am very inspired by a body of work called Nonviolent Communication. And there are four steps to nonviolent communication. And even though it's communication is in the name, it's really just a needs-based consciousness. And uh, while this is, I think most popularly used for emotional intelligence and the inner work of how we speak to ourselves and how we talk to others, uh, because to me, health is about the quality of a relationship we have with ourselves. uh, And I hear symptoms of my body as a voice, then it is to me like using nonviolent communication to work with and speak to and listen to my body is the steps I follow to achieve health. So the steps are to notice what we notice, to feel what we feel, to find needs, and to fill them. And that's my version of those four steps. That's really observations, feelings, needs, requests. But inside me, the actions I take to embody those four steps are, first, I notice what I notice. And I I separate the noticing from the noticing what I notice. Because if I don't actually create that separation and and observe what is happening, uh, I have a tendency of embodying it and feeling like I am that. Like I am uncomfortable is not as easy to work with as I notice that I am noticing this discomfort Mm -hmm. in my knee. I'm noticing that my body is producing a sensation at my knee that I imagine is painful. But if I just say, I'm uncomfortable, then I just gave all the meaning to the sensation rather than noticing I am having a sensation. Pause. That's step one. I don't have to make that mean anything. Like I can jump in a bucket of ice water and I could say, that's cold and judge it that way. Or I can say, huh, I notice that my body is experiencing sensations. When -hmm. we can simply notice that our body is going through a process of something before we say, I am that sensation, we have power. We take back agency rather than being a victim of stimulus taking over our nervous system. The next step, once I notice that I notice a sensation in my body, now I have a moment to decide what I feel. Positive or enjoyable or productive emotions are uh, when our needs are being met. So if Mm. I notice that I'm very at ease in my body, uh, that is meaning that I have my needs met. If I had a hunger and I eat food, I will feel satiated. That is an enjoyable emotion. If I have hunger and I do not have food and I wait longer and longer, the hunger will become more and more unenjoyable, more and more discomforting. And that is a purpose of our body driving that feeling to motivate us, to make us notice it so that we'll change our strategies to help meet that need. So now I feel what I feel in my body. If I notice a sensation in my knee and I feel uncomfortable, now I'm going to know something has to change. If I notice a sensation in my knee and I feel ah, soothed, Wow, nice. What is that? That's creating that. Someone's rubbing my knee and or trying to get my attention, lightly tugging on my shorts like it's my kid. Uh, versus like there's a dog nibbling at my leg. I should be more alert. Um, now I feel what I feel. This could go to you know I notice a sensation. I feel itchy. It's going to be different than I notice what I notice and I feel a stabbing sensation. I would do something different to alleviate that symptom. The need that I may have in that moment is based on the nine fundamental needs of Marshall Rosenberg, creativity, communication, recuperation, autonomy, meaning, love, empathy, sustenance, safety. Uh, you can think about it as C-cram-less. That is the the reason C-cram-less. I can spit that out all the time. Um, but in reality, it's just, if we're talking about pain, it's usually the body and its need for safety. The body produces pain when it doesn't feel safe. Um, and at a deeper level, you can get into NVC. I recommend reading the book, going into that as a deep dive on building a framework in your mind. But when it comes to health itself, if I notice what I notice, and I notice any tension or compression in my body, I feel what I feel, I will look at a feelings inventory to identify what emotional state I'm experiencing. If it's pain, I may address that at the root cause, which is go see a health professional to help dive into that. Um, and now, When it comes to what needs are my feelings, my symptoms actually pointing me toward, I start to hone in on, do I have a need for calling somebody because I feel lonely or do I have a need for movement because I feel tension and compression imbalanced in my body? I'm going to choose to call a friend if I'm lonely. I'm going to choose to call a friend to go work out if I'm feeling like I need to move my body and I'm lonely. (laughs) So that's how I use that marker and a path and steps to achieve my health. The last step is to find the needs and fill them, which is make requests of people to help me or just make requests of myself to go get my need met. I might have to clear up space in my my calendar to go do that. Uh, even before this call, it was like, uh, I'm going to have to make a move. I noticed what I noticed. I sat, I heard loud sounds. I felt uh, a lack of confidence that this was going to be clearly communicated. My request, my need was for competence and for uh, trust and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, communication clarity. And so I made the request, can we move this 10 more minutes out so that I can go find a new place, a new strategy, sat down, noticed what I noticed, felt more comfortable and my need was met, you know? So that's similar in everyday life is how I live in my body and just constantly listening to the messages and the symptoms to find whether this is a need for nutrition or movement or sleep or peace and mindfulness and presence or calm or love community. And those symptoms are telling us which needs they are if we can quiet our bodies, become more present, and then use a resource, perhaps like nonviolent communication to help us build a feelings inventory and a needs inventory and a vocabulary that we can use to speak to ourselves. Mm. Mm.
0: Wow, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that really allows perspective. Mm. And just for me, what really speaks to me is really advocating for yourself Right, with the intention of being more present. Yeah. Right. And real feeling what you need to feel, recognizing what those needs are, fulfilling those needs in order for you to
1: be more present. So, and and for for those who are (laughs) just getting involved in that type of work, I think one of the first challenges comes up because I've talked about this in the past. And one of the questions that comes up is like, what does it feel like to feel present? How does someone even know Mm -hmm. if they are present? And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ways that I have found it works for me is if I can feel my heartbeat, I'm pretty damn close to present. So how do I need to sit and breathe? And then the seeking. It's the moment that I'm spending trying to find the heartbeat that I feel most present. And Once I feel it in my palms, in my chest, behind my medial ankle, there's a little tibial artery back there you can start to feel your whole body pulsing all at once as all the blood is taking sharp turns around corners and stretching our blood vessels as the heart contracts and it's just the journey toward trying to feel that that you'll get a sense of nothing else in the world that exists for a moment and that's presence and the more often you visit that place the, the wider you can increase the time range that you're spending there And then you start to notice when you're there and the first thought that is not that place comes. And the skill set of starting to recognize when thoughts come, rather than just having thoughts and not being aware of them, that's when you start to notice what you notice. You start to notice that you had a thought. And that's the first step. Finding presence, noticing what you notice then creating space to feel, then knowing what needs exist so that you know with a little more clarity what they mean, and then getting good at making requests and building strategies to get your needs met.
0: Wow. Wow. That's the first I've heard of that, finding your heartbeat. you know, Mm -hmm. And as you're trying to fine tune and center yourself, what comes up as a physical stress, emotional, chemical, and so on and so forth, then be able to recognize what those needs meant and how to fulfill them. Wow. Ooh! I give me goosebumps, man. Appreciate that.
1: Totally. Uh, yeah, it's helpful.
0: As a doctor of chiropractic, you know, if I were to sponsor you a giant billboard on the freeway, right? What would we, what would, uh, what, would, what would that billboard message be for your audience?
1: Yeah, for the at, at risk of redundancy, <laughs> <laughs> it would be: notice what you notice, mm-hmm. feel what you feel, find the needs and fill them. If I had uh, a bigger billboard, I might also add make value-guided decisions and take purpose-driven action because those are the steps that that I use to live my life that have always served me in the hardest of times. They help me find the strategies that are in alignment. And even in the best of times, they help me find the strategies to help me squeeze the juice out of the goodness Because in both places, when needs are extremely met and the symptoms of joy are very high, that also can be pulling us away from the present, which is why things can just fly by so fast. Because instead of being here and really having a lot of life per moment, we're caught up in the joy and the symptoms of joy, which are bringing us outward projected and elated, just like The symptoms that suppress us when we go even further into sadness and all we can think about is the symptoms of the sadness rather than the needs that are fueling it. Both are kind of pulling us in both directions. And this work has helped me get and savor the the greatest of the great and also give me empathy, my own empathy in the saddest of the sad and the least enjoyable moments. So not that the billboard would land with that depth as people drive by, but even if they could just have those steps in their subconscious mind, especially in San Francisco, when I watch people drive by these billboards like thousands of times in a decade, perhaps someone might have something land for them.
0: Well, it's a, it's at least a billboard that has, you know, tremendous value, right? When you read it, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you talked a little bit in that, in that answer about serving, right? Serving your community. And so I have a little idea of who you best work with within the community and what what are the problems that you're trying to help them solve,
1: yeah? I've gone through this exercise so many times and and the most effective way i I found for myself is to actually just pick the people that I enjoy working with the most, and I've now been practicing long enough to have served a lot of people and um I don't use their real names, you know, but I could just say Whitney is this mother of adult children. She was an attorney in her professional life and she's retired now in her mid-50s, late 50s. Uh, And she is realizing how much of her life she spent giving to other people. And now her primary mission is to take care of herself Mm -hmm. so she can enjoy the life that she's built. She's done it. She's the empty nester now, but I've also heard her consider herself the free bird. So now she is doing the breathwork classes. She's investigating energy work. She is uh, eating and moving and thinking and recuperating in ways that serve her best. She is seeking moments of peace and presence in community with others who are seeking to do the same, to not have to make up for lost time because they wouldn't regret any of the ways they spent their life. But they also know that this precious time they have now with their children finding their own independence before they have their own children, she is in the place now where she can solve a lot of the longstanding chronic tension patterns that she's carried to get through her career and to help raise her kids, to usually take care of her husband, who may have also been just lost in their career and also trying to earn and help, uh, but not having emotional strategies to, to be able to connect as much as they wanted to. And now they have more time, more resources, more space with the kids moving on and now it is finally the theme of self development self empathy emotional expression truth seeking and peace and fulfillment it's that's the people i'm working with that i love the most and i say Whitney she just represents probably a dozen or so of the perfect people that i love spending my life serving where they come in with perhaps a low back issue or a neck tension that's just always been there for 20 years, as long as they can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in professions of service. They made plenty of money, more than they needed, and now they love like reinvesting it in good causes and in their health and maximizing the likelihood that their kids will be able to live a life better than theirs. And they seek chiropractic as an option. They find me through a referral from someone else like that and they love everything and pick up everything we're putting down. Uh, They're dedicated, they're committed, they're enjoyable, they're fun and funny, empathetic and connected, but they don't let any bullshit slide either. If if something doesn't make sense, they want to know why we're doing something and when we can actually work through it, they're hundred percent committed. It just has to be logical and I really resonate with that too. That's how I approach health and life. Mm.
0: What I really love about that, it really aligns your philosophy on health and healing like we've just talked about and really applying to those people that really resonate with that philosophy. Yeah, We're like, you know, seeking that need, recognizing that there's a need, but it may not otherwise have the resource. So you're essentially offering those resources to help them get there, right? And in that beautiful journey itself, you get to see the transformations and lives being impacted. Yeah, And uh, it was beautiful watching kind of your facial expression getting really passionate, and excited, you know, as you're talking about this, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's just beautiful, man. Um,
1: it's a good well, way to spend life serving those folks. I mean, it, I see them on my schedule. It's like I just get to hang out with people I care about. Doesn't feel like I'm having to work at all.
0: And then just tying that back into your four buckets, right? Like yeah, exactly. having that opportunity to be present and serving your community right. Is allowing that bucket to overflow into the next and how you show up for your, um, how you show up for your wife and kids and also for yourself too. And also even for someone like myself, right. Who's on your team and being able to watch you serve today, Tuesday morning brings a lot of inspiration, motivation for me as well. So awesome. Oh man, Dr. Lance, it's always a beautiful pleasure being able to just sit with you one-on-one and pick your brain yeah. and having that, having that opportunity to share with the, share with the world. You know, I think that's, uh, a beautiful uh, opportunity for us to have that conversation, and Thank um, you.
1: thanks for creating this space. I think it's really important work that you're doing, and I know I'm stoked to hear who else gets interviewed on this show, and to continue to learn. Like who's down in the 408, because we had a lot of people who we meet up in the, up in San Francisco, or just people that you know. I, I started a business in Sunnyvale back in 2011. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of folks down there who need good people. And the more the health and healing professionals can connect with each other, the more the people that are looking for those services are served. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Man, I feel I feel rejuvenated. I feel inspired. I'm sure our listeners all feel the same just having listened to that. Um going to kind of start wrapping things up a little bit here. So first, just want to thank you for your time and your energy. Yeah. Um, what I'm, what I'm looking to do at the end of these uh, episodes is to do a quick Q&A. So if there's anyone that has any questions, feel free to drop me a DM. Find me on Dr. Howie Wowie or also Heal408 Podcast. That will be on Instagram. If you're looking to get connected with Dr. Lance, he's also on Instagram as well. Um, and if you're looking to get care by right, a beautiful soul, he's up there in San Francisco, both locations, Golden Gate Chiropractic, one at the Marina, and one at Sunset. Um, is there any last thoughts you want to give us here?
1: Just stoked that you're doing this. I'm stoked you're in San Jose and hope anyone that hears this, who is looking for a chiropractor finds you because I have been adjusted by you. I trust you with my friends, my family, my loved ones, my own body and stoked to do the work with you, man. We're going to, we're going to help a lot of people.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, so uh, from here, I'm just gonna transition into our question that we will have. And uh, other than that, it's been a beautiful conversation with you, Dr. Lance. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and uh, I'll see you soon.
1: Thank you so much, dude. Enjoy your day. All right, all right, cool.
0: Hey, my name is Jody. I'm a eighth quarter student at Life West. And one question I have for you, Dr. Howie Wowie, is what kind of pre-shift um, movement, breath, and meditation would you recommend for chiropractors who are just starting out or chiropractors who are really starting to feel that physical stress on their body? Um, And this could be any profession too. Thanks. Thank you, Jody, for submitting that question. Things to do in a pre-shift as a chiropractor, I think the first thing to really think about is warming up your physical body. As a chiropractic, you're on your hands, you're on your feet, you're doing impulses, you're doing soft tissue, you're grabbing limbs and doing, you know, uh, doing passive ranges of motion or pin and stretch, whatever you're doing, we're typically going to be on our hands and on our feet. And even when you're sitting down, you're probably holding on to something, right? And so the biggest thing here is doing what you need to do to get yourself physically ready. Is it taking the 5-10 minutes to warm up your body, going through different ranges of motion, creating tension in your body, contracting parts of your body that needs to be contracted. At Golden Golden Gate Chiropractic, we're big on foundation training, getting into our hip hinges, decompression breathing, thinking about good posture and technique. Uh, I know there are some docs that I work with that like to take the time and really warm up their wrist. So I think preparing your physical body for the day is really important as a chiropractor. Not only that, In the preparation of your physical body as a chiropractor, it's also important to really check in with your emotional state. As a chiropractor, you're constantly giving, giving, giving. You're also receiving a lot of emotion, a lot of different types of energy you're getting from patient, which is all great. But do you have the strategies and the utilization of not letting those energies go into you and becoming a part of you? Can you be able to deflate, put on a guard? Understand the empathy that you've got to have for the patient. Understand where they're coming from, but not let that affect you. So, there is going to be an emotional uh, warm up for yourself. And I call that the B space process. For those that are familiar with Kairos training culture, that is something that's heavily practiced, especially in level one. But well, just taking that time to just be still, not think about anything, not judging anything, not reflecting on anything, just being still, checking in with your breath. Their areas, are there parts of their body that's holding tension? Are you constantly thinking about something? Can you allow whatever it is that you're thinking be a stimulus and not a story? And once you're able to check in with your emotional well-being and needs at that point, then you can create a default setting for yourself that you can use then to help serve your patients. The biggest thing is you don't want to create energy that can start mixing, matching with the energy that's presented on the table. And now we're just creating this disruptive force instead of a constructive force. And I think lastly, chemical, right? I'm, I'm really thinking about the three uh, stressors here, physical, emotional, and chemical. Chemical, are you nourishing yourself? Or are you are you just sipping on that cup of coffee because you're running in late and now all you're running on for that day in terms of fuel is just that cup of coffee? Or are you actually taking the time? uh, setting in the breaks where you can get nourished, eating snacks or whatever things that can help create energy for you to be used throughout your day. So I think as a chiropractor, it's really important to think about the types of stresses that can come on your body, the physical, the emotional, even the chemical that can be present during your shift. And really taking that time where you're not stumbling in last second for your shift But you're setting a good time before your shift. Again, recognizing what your needs are. Everyone's going to be different. I'm somebody that likes to be at work at least 30 minutes before just so I can get settled in. Check the schedule. See what's going on. What needs to be done urgently right now. Okay, then how can I warm up my physical body, check in with my emotional well-being, and then reflect on my hunger level? What do I need for fuel? Am I hydrated? Am I feeling good? What else do I need to do to get myself ready to rock and roll? Because at the end of the day, it's not about me, it's about how I can show up for my practice members, and that is the most important thing for me. Now, how can this apply to other professions? Similarly, in a way, I I know not all professions, such as engineers or even teachers, not everyone's on their feet and using their hands all the time, but for all jobs, regardless, you're going to be active. Right, Whether you're sitting down or moving around, there, there is a level of, of activity that you are doing. So again, it's also important to understand that if you're someone that's sitting at a desk for quite a bit of time, are you taking that time and spending breaks in between maybe every 30 minutes, every 40, even, even every hour? Can you get up, get some breath work in? Move your body around, contract the areas of your body that needs to be contracted, that has not been contracted because you're sitting down, right? Think about the hip flexors, think about the core, even thinking about your glutes in that manner, right? And even then, if you're going to meetings, right, you have a really stressful uh, presentation coming up or you just have this really annoying boss, who's just like, oh man, I wish this meeting could be presented in email, right? Be able to check in with your emotions and go, okay, some things are just out of my control, but what can I control? My attitude going to this meeting, my attitude going to this presentation. So can you then, can you then also now go into your B space process, check in with yourself, what needs are not being met? What are you noticing? What are you feeling? How can you check in with yourself and bring your back bring yourself back to the default setting? Do you need to call a friend or loved one? Do you need to just have a do you just need to call uh, ch- check in with a coworker and maybe rant or talk about something that's just just to get things off your chest? Do you need to just step away for a minute or two and get into your brownthrough and ground yourself? Are you hungry? Are you still surviving off of that cup of coffee from the morning and it's now three, four o'clock and you are just starving, you got nothing left? Right? Be able to recognize your needs, how to fulfill them, and biggest thing is start advocating for yourself because you can do your best work when you are your fullest self, when you are at your fullest potential, and you perceive the world in the most beautiful manner. Only then can you serve your purpose, express yourself to the fullest, and get that job done the way it needs to be done. Thank you guys for sticking around here for this Q&A. If you have any questions coming up, feel free to slide in DM or submit the questions below. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in on our first episode. Take care, y'all.